0: You're listening to Hawk Talk with former Seahawks wide receiver Michael Bumpus.
1: At the 10-yard line, second and eight. Three wide receivers now in motion as Bumpus left to right. Julius Jones with single setback. Matt fakes looking to the goal line. He throws it into the end zone. Touchdown, Seahawks! It's Michael
2: Bumpus with a diving catch in the end zone. A 10-yard touchdown reception for Bumpus, and the kid out of Washington State has found himself a place on this team powered by seahawks.com welcome to hawk talk preview edition week eight the seattle seahawks take on the jacksonville jaguars before we dive into this situation let's go to Nassau with the injury updates
0: thanks Well, unfortunately not great news on dwayne eskridge or marquise blair b carroll stepped to the podium as he does each and every week and gave an update on both those guys starting first with marquise blair
1: um he's getting operated on today i believe today or tomorrow and and uh he has to get his, his you know you know it's a good surgery to, to get his knee fixed. He's got a, a, a fractured patella, is what it is. Season season's over. Yes. Any update on D. Um He's flying in tonight. He'll he'll arrive tonight. Um, He's had a, you know, a big training and rehab uh, program that he went through in Florida um, that we thought was necessary, and, and uh, so I, I can't tell you. I know that what the reports are coming out, that he's, he's in great shape and ready to go. I don't know what that means until we get him on the field, and, and if he's cleared uh, tomorrow, then we'll start to get some work from him, and I can't tell you what that means. Uh, clarity for you, just on what the actual issue was, or why why would this one was. So- he, he did he did have some issues from the concussion that he had, and, and some visual things that he was working on, and that's what he's been he's been focusing on.
0: On the positive side, the Seahawks should have Daryl Taylor and Damian Lewis back on the field this Sunday.
1: The early indication is Daryl is really ready to to get back in. Damian looks like he's I mean that's the way they're talking. They're really counting on, on making it back to play, um, which is a, a, a nice boost for us.
0: All right, Bump, now we got the injuries. It's time to jump into Seahawks' week eight opponent, that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. What's on tap? What's on tap? The Seahawks facing the one in five Jacksonville Jaguars. They've had a rough go as of late. They opened the season losing to the Houston Texans, the Denver Broncos, the Arizona Cardinals, Cincinnati Bengals, and the Tennessee Titans. Finally snapping. They're losing streak with a 23-20 win over the Miami Dolphins. They're coming off a bye week. Like I mentioned, they got their first win of the season last week. Now, the Jags have really been through some stuff. Jag fans out there, I feel for you. I know Seahawks fans right now are thinking they're really going through it, but these this fan base has really been through it. If you include what happened to start 2020, Jacksonville won their first game, then lost the next 15, open this year, losing five straight. Brought their losing streak to 20 straight games. That's the second longest active streak in the Super Bowl era. And they didn't win a game for 399 days, which is an unbelievably long amount of time. Bulls get into their last game against the Dolphins. They had helped end this losing streak, and not in a conventional way. It came from the foot of a software engineer turn kicker, Matthew Wright, who hit this 53-yard field goal.
2: You can't freeze them. The Dolphins are out of timeouts. Here we go. 53-yarder from the right hash. Out of the hold of Logan Cook. Matthew Wright. Cook puts it down. Wright kicks it up. The 53-yarder is good! 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 Wright has made
1: it! The Jaguars have won it on a 53-yard field goal by Matthew Wright! What a magnificent ending in London!
0: Holy cow. Wow. 399 days ago was the last Jaguars
1: win against Indianapolis here in Jacksonville, where we're broadcasting from. The 20 game losing streak has come to an end. How about
2: this young kicker, Matthew Wright, who absolutely drilled it.
0: Now Bump, uh, head coach Urban Meyer said after the game, I don't think anybody on our team ever heard him speak till about 10 minutes ago. Literally was <laughs> selling software a couple weeks before hitting that clutch field goal. Getting the monkey off the back, the Jacksonville Jaguars have won a game, snapping a 399-day streak of losing. So Bump man, let's get into these Jaguars. They're uh, they're riding high. They're coming off a buy, they're feeling good about themselves. They finally won a game. Uh let's get in this head to head. What you, would you see from these guys so far this year?
2: The Jaguars, this is a sneaky team. Big ups to Matthew Wright for coming off the bench, selling software. Now you're making game-winning field goals. You're a part of the NFL. Welcome. But specifically, man, these guys, like you mentioned, they're 1-5. Total offense, they're ranked number 15. I watched film of these guys, and they do some interesting things. They will throw the football. They can run it. 10th, um, when it comes to rushing the Rock, 121 yards per game. 19th, when throwing the ball, 234 yards per game. in Total points. 19.3 that's where the Hawks had the edge really when it comes to scoring points defensively these guys are 30th overall so it's really going to come down to these defenses thankfully the Seahawks defense seemed like they turned the corner had the best game of the year this last week let's see if they can repeat it against the Jaguars they are gonna have a couple guys have to look after four and we're gonna touch on them during the matchup portion of this deal only two interceptions so if you take care of the football, you toss it around. It seems like they're not going to really be active when it comes to taking the football away when it's in the air. But this is the NFL. This is a team that you have to respect. And offensively, on paper, it says they are better than your Seattle Seahawks.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, I was shocked when I looked at this head-to-head com- comparison initially. I, you know, knowing what we know about the Jaguars, they started the season zero and five. I just assume that they're at the bottom of near every category. That is not the case. You mentioned it. You watch film on them. They do some interesting stuff offensively. They got some good weapons. And the thing that's really killing them right now, Bump, is turnover differential. They are minus yeah. 10, tied for 31st in National Football League. Um, so that's what's really killing them. Other than that, they're doing okay. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has only been sacked 10 times this season. Uh, they're okay in time possession. They're allowing a decent amount of points defensively. Uh, they're good at stopping the run. They're about middle of the pack, I should say, giving up 114 yards per game. So this team... You know, it's uh, it's one of those things where I think a lot of Seahawks fans look at this matchup and say, this is a game the Seahawks absolutely should win, and I agree with you. But it's going to be closer than people think, man, these Jaguars are 1-5, of five, but it is the National Football League. Weirder things can happen, and the Seahawks obviously coming off a losing streak. There was a huge game here, so we'll see what we, get, we can get into there. But before we get into all these matchups, it's time to know our history.
2: Know your history.
0: Seahawks lead the all-time series 5-3. Last meeting was a 30-24 loss in Jacksonville on December tenth, 2017. That Seahawks loss was on the heels of a thrilling win over eventual eventual Super Bowl champion, the Philadelphia Eagles. Unfortunately, this is where the Seahawks' season in 2017 went off the rails. Seahawks lost three or four games, and that was the only season Russell Wilson had missed the playoffs. Um, That 2017 team was good. Um, It's crazy to think that wasn't that long ago. Uh, that those Jacksonville Jaguars were in the AFC championship game, playing a close game, lost to Tom Brady and the Patriots. Um, as far as that game, Russell Wilson, 17-31, to 31, 271 yards, three touchdowns, also threw three picks. Tyler Lockett had 90 yards and a touchdown. Mike Davis, 15 carries, 66 yards. Um, and the Seahawks closed the gap to within six that day, but um, unfortunately... On their last offensive drive, uh, Paul Richardson got held. It was an egregious call. They didn't call it. Um, they had to punt. And two possession, Seahawks gave up a long rush on third and 11 to Leonard Fournette to seal the game. But the fun fact about that game was that was the first time we welcomed in Michael Bumpus to our broadcast team. You had a rough
2: start, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey. It was the roughest start in broadcasting history. I feel like, man, I feel like I was like the bad luck charm. I'm like, these guys got me on the team, and we're losing ball games. But yeah, first, first time, it was, uh, it was good. It was good.
0: Yeah, I mean, it went Jacksonville, then it went that dreaded Rams game.
2: <laughs> then we yes.
0: won one on Christmas Eve, beat the Cowboys, and then we lost to the Cardinals. I think Blair missed a uh, last second field to lose that game. So yep. rough start, but it's not how you start. As P Care always says, it's how you finish. So it's man, how you finish. Speaking of finishing, man, the NFC West is continuing to do really good things. What's the word?
1: Where my soldiers at? Westside! Where my soldiers at? Westside! And the Seahawks are the NFC West champs again.
2: What's the word in the West? On hot Talk. At top of the NFC West, the Arizona Cardinals are still undefeated at 7-0. The Los Angeles Rams are 6-1. San Fran is 2-4. And the Seahawks are at the bottom at two and five. I'm sorry. It just hurts to say that out loud. Two and five. Come on, let's get it right. Let's talk about these Cardinals, though, man. Cardinals beat the Texans 31 to 5. They started off slow. We're down five to zero, but then got things going. 31 unanswered points. Kyler Murray had another solid day. 20 of 28, 261 yards, three touchdowns, one interceptions. Running back Chase Edmonds led all rushes with 81 yards and 15 carries. James Connor contributed as well. 64 carries. I mean, see me, 64 yards on 10 carries and one touchdown. Zach Ertz makes a splash with his debut three receptions, 66 yards, including a 47 yard touchdown. AJ green is consistent. He's not going to have these huge games, but he will put up some numbers. Three receptions, 66 yards, On defense, Isaiah Simmons led the Cardinals with eight tackles and one tackle for loss. The Texans only had 160 total yards of offense. Eight first downs and we're two of thirteen on third downs. When you put those numbers up, you're not gonna win a lot of games. Week after week, the Cardinals proved that not only do they have the best record in the NFL, but they're legit Super Bowl contenders. They play the Packers tomorrow on Thursday night football and will likely be big favorites as the Packers have been hit with some COVID issues, placing Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, and on the not, on the COVID-19 list. And uh I think this is gonna be like I already believe in the Cardinals, right? Yep. Every week we try to find reasons not to. But I don't care who the Packers have out. If they beat the Packers this this year, this week, that's a signature win. I mean, they played yep. some good games, good ball this year. But you take down an organization like the Packers, people on the East Coast got to start paying attention. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't think you can find a way to devalue these guys
0: anymore. I mean, it's they're undefeated. Um, it counts, obviously, on the scoreboard, and they're finding different ways to win. Last week, they didn't have their coach. They missed a bunch of people. Um, on, from the COVID-19 list that didn't affect them. They beat a good Browns team, and, and they're still playing good ball, man. I think Kyler Murray and those guys are scary. They, when you watch them, they they play fast. They got a lot of speed. It's going to be tough, and I don't like the Seahawks. Still have to play them two more times this year. Um, obviously, a lot of season left, but the Cardinals are – got to believe in them, man. I mean, they're 7-0. Yep. We'll see. Because even if they fall off, I mean, they're still going to win 12 games. I mean, even if they yeah. really hit the skids, I still think they're going to win at least 12 games. So we'll see here. Other team in the division, Los Angeles Rams, they also kept the good times rolling as they beat the Lions 28-19 in the battle of quarterbacks playing against their former team. This game was not a walk in the park for the Rams, however, um, taking on these winless Lions. The Lions pulled out all the stops. Two fake man. punts, got some first downs. You got punters throwing the ball. You got direct snaps going every which way. So they tried to keep it close, man, and they did. Early in the fourth quarter, the Lions trailed 25-19. to 19. Jared Goff led the Lions on a 15-play, 63-yard drive, but was picked off by Jalen Ramsey in the end zone, effectively ending that threat. Uh, Goff was, you know, Goff, 22 of 36, 268 yards, one touchdown, but through two costly interceptions. Uh, Matthew Stafford, who's facing his old team as well, fared much better, uh, going 28 for 41, 334 yards, and three touchdowns, and your guy, Cooper Cup. Man, no Boom. stopping this dude. 10 receptions, 156 yards, two touchdowns, Leads the NFL in receiving with 56 reception in 809 yards, nine touchdowns. Putting that perspective, he's currently on
2: pace for 2,000 yards. Bump. Man, Cooper Cup, he needs to be in the conversation. Everyone talks about Hopkins, um, even young dudes like C.D. Lamb. I don't hear Cooper Cup's name mentioned enough. This guy does everything well. I know this is a Seahawks broadcast, but you got to show love when guys are balling. All right, next up, the 49ers, man. They're the only other team in this league or this division that's struggling like these Seahawks are struggling. They lost to the Colts 30 to 18 on Sunday night football. Weather conditions were crazy. I actually flew out of San Fran that day and the plane ride was crazy. So when I turned on the film and I saw the monsoon they were playing in, it made a whole lot of sense. Jimmy Garoppolo was 16 of 27, 181 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions, and a fumble loss. Elijah Mitchell had a good game, 107 yards on 18 carries and a touchdown. Debo Samuel, another good young receiver in this league, seven receptions, 100 yards. One touchdown. He did have uh two costly mistakes. I believe he fumbled the football one time, and then there's another one where it hit him in the chest, pops up. Indianapolis takes over the rock. The Niners were up 20 to 18 with 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter um, after Sam scored a touchdown. The Colts answered with a field goal, but then Jimmy G threw two straight interceptions and ended the 49ers chances. I know people in San Fran would love to see Trey Lance, but look, take it easy. Yep. At this point of the season, I think you ride with Jimmy G. You let this young man develop. Remember Patrick Mahomes. Remember Aaron Rodgers. Those guys, those guys took the back seat and kind of waited their turn. But end of the day, Kyle Shanahan is going to have to answer these questions. People are going to ask him, when are you going to see Trey Lance? How do you feel about Jimmy? Every week yep. until they start winning, that's going to be the question. Next week, the 49ers will head to, to Chicago to take on Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Yeah, man. I mean, those
0: questions aren't going to go away, especially uh, it doesn't make it any easier when you're not winning games. They're on a four-game losing streak. So it'll be interesting to see what happens down there in San Francisco. But I, I totally agree. I think Shanahan's doing the right thing as of now. Like, let uh, let Jimmy G take this. And if they're not playing well, take these bullets and let, let trade develop. I mean, if he's going to be your franchise quarterback, there's not really a rush to get him out there, especially on the team that's struggling right now. So interesting to see. But let's go back to these Jacksonville Jaguars and man up.
2: Man up on Hawk Talk. Man up. Let's look at some of these matchups. The first one is Trevor Lawrence versus the Seahawks defense. This guy is not used to losing that would lost once or twice at Clemson in high school. He didn't lose very often, but uh, it's been a rough start to his career overall. But we kind of expected that when you're going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, but he did snap a 15 game losing streak for that NFL franchise on the season. Lawrence is 129 for 216, 100, excuse me, 1465 yards, seven touchdowns, eight interceptions, and has been sacked 10 times. He's completing under 60% of his passes. That's kind of the mark where you want to be at. You want your quarterbacks to be around well, great quarterbacks, higher 60s, but as long as you're above 60%, you're competing with the league. He has 21 carries for 121 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. He needs to do a better job taking care of the football, though the Jaguars are 31st in the NFL in turnover differential. This guy needs to play better, but I think Jacksonville and the organization understands that he's a rookie and it's going to take a few years to kind of put everything in place this young man to really be the guy that I see on tape. Nas. I see a guy who can throw the football, I see a guy who's athletic. I see a guy who understands the offense, but I see a rookie with all that being said.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you got to think about all the factors he has going against him. He's obviously a first round pick in the league, but he's in the NFL for the first time. He's got a new offense coordinator, a new system, a new head coach, all these moving parts um, they're trying to start things over there in Jacksonville. So I, I totally get that. I think we've seen – we know that everyone knows he has the tools. Everyone knows he has the arm talent, the strength, all that good stuff. So he just needs to do a better job of taking, over the, uh, taking care of the football, as you mentioned. But he's a good player, and the Seahawks are going to have you know, have their hands full with Trevor Lawrence. Um, defensively, the Seahawks are coming off their best performance of the season, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast. Um, only allowed 304 yards of offense last week and 13 points uh, against New Orleans. Those are both season lows. Now, the Seahawks, when you look at the head-to-head stuff, they're still 31st in the National Football League when it comes to yard allowed at 414 per game. But that is still a huge improvement over the last two weeks. Heading into the Steelers game, the Seahawks were giving up 450 yards a game. So at least we're starting to see that trend come back the other way. The Seahawks are playing much better on that side of the ball, and they're going to need to because as this Jacksonville offense isn't that bad, man. They're 15th in the league. Oh. They're ahead of the Seahawks in terms of total offense, so... They definitely can't take these guys lightly. Now, on the other side, our quarterback, Geno Smith versus Jags defense. Uh, Geno, he's done a solid job. I mean, subbing in for Russell Wilson. He hasn't let the world on fire, but he hasn't been terrible either. You know, limited action this year, two full games, essentially a quarter and some change. Um, Geno's 45 of 71 for 507 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. And one of the main issues, honestly, for him so far, bump has been the sacks. He's been sacked ten times already, um, and he's only played a couple games. Russell Wilson had only been sacked had been sacked thirteen times in his five games played. So it's gotten bad the last two weeks, and I think that's a team effort thing. I think some are on Geno. I think some are on the offensive line, I think there's some miscommunication issues. But that's one thing that I think needs to be cleaned up this week because you can't you can't take those sacks. Those sacks are drive killers. We need to get the ball out fast. There needs to be better communication when you have five guys there and, and the defense is bringing six. You got to figure out a way if there's a hot route or whatever it is to get the ball out of the hands. So hopefully they can improve on that um, this week. But I have a feeling, Bump, that this is Geno's week. Okay. This is Geno's week. All right, man. It,
2: it, it could be his week. You know, the Jaguars' defense, they're not great. They're ranked 30th in the NFL when it comes to total defense, giving up 412 yards per game. They've also have struggled against the pass to rank 31st. In the NFL, giving up 297 yards per game, and they also have done a poor job getting after the quarterback. They only have a total of eight sacks in six games. So there's reasons for you to be optimistic. I think Geno's due, man. Yep. he's due. He's been through a lot so far. Has had a chance to win the ball game. Has to come through. Has thrown interceptions. Has been sacked. Um, it's time for Geno. I wouldn't say to grow up because he's a he's a veteran in in this league, but have his moment. Let's yep. let's let's make sure he has his moment this week.
0: Absolutely. We need to give Gino his flowers, and I'm hoping it's after Sunday on Halloween. Trick or treat. Let's get get something nice, man. Please, Gino. We got faith in you, bro. Got faith. Uh, Next matchup, James Robinson against the Seahawks front seven. James Robinson, sneaky good running back. Um, He's leading the 10th best rushing attack in the National Football League. The Jags are uh, rushing for 120 yards per game. Uh, James Robinson on the year, 84 carries, 460 yards, five touchdowns. 17 receptions out of the backfield, 116 yards, um, 24 first downs rushing this season. And he's coming off a great rookie campaign. rushed for 1,070 yards, seven touchdowns in his rookie season. Bump, you mentioned their running game, which you've seen. What are they doing uh, offensively that you like in terms
2: of the running game? Man, I, one, I love James Robinson. Uh, he's a, a downhill runner. You wouldn't think he'd be so downhill just because of his size, but a downhill guy. Um, They love pulling guards and tight ends and getting angles on the defensive linemen and linebackers. They just look really efficient, and he looks like he understands – what, it, what he's trying to accomplish. He lets guy things develop for him. He's patient, but he's also fast enough. He gets downhill. Now, the Hawks are going to have their hands full. They're giving up 130 yards on the ground per game. That is 30th in the NFL, but they did do a good job against the run last week against Alvin Kamara. He had 50... 50- 50 yards on 20 carries. So that was impressive. There's a chance for the, it's setting up for, for the Hawks to have a good game, right? We understand what this team does on offense. This defense is playing well. Let's see if Gino can get going, but you got to stop James Robinson. The next matchup, Marvin Jones and LaVisca Sinalt Jr. versus DJ Reed, Trey Brown and Sidney Jones. Marvin Jones, man. uh, In 2021, he has 28 receptions, 343 yards, and three touchdowns. LaVisca, 26 receptions, 306 yards. Four other players have at least 100 yards receiving on this team. So you got to look after these guys, but there are other guys who can contribute. DJ Reed has had three passes defended in the last three games, and Sidney Jones had a pass defense against the Saints. No receivers got behind these guys the last two games, which is a good thing. They're keeping everything in front of them. We saw Trey Brown and Sidney Jones kind of – sub each other in and out depending on the possession i like that approach but eventually i think one of those guys will have to establish themselves i'm thinking it's going to be trey brown and then can we get an interception from someone other than quandre Diggs? he's been super consistent i think he needs one more interception and he'll be the only guy who had like at least three interceptions in the league in the past five years but he needs some help so hopefully dj Sidney jones trey brown in the game can uh cause some turnovers
0: yeah, no question about it. I've been calling for it for weeks now, and I, they're right there. They're right there. They're getting they're getting their hands on the football. They're finally starting to have pass breakups. They're start finally starting to affect what the other team is doing. I know early in the season, there's a lot of issues in the middle of the field. Everyone was given a lot of heat towards the corners when it wasn't just their fault. So I love that they're playing well, and I'm hoping they can kind of build off that on this week uh, on Sunday. Another matchup, DK Metcalf versus former teammate Shaquille Griffin. Now DK, he's been, you know, been doing DK things, 33 receptions, 537 yards, 6 touchdowns. Shaquille Griffin this year, 26 tackles, 4 passes defended. Now, these dudes have gone up against each other in practice for years now, right? So, I'm really interested to see, you know, Shaquille Griffin got to go back home. He's on the Jaguars that so have a lot of Seahawks connections. So it'll be interesting to see Shaquille Griffin. They paid him. Um, he earned it. He had a good career here in Seattle, went to the Pro Bowl, did a lot of good things here, and, and they paid him to be a lockdown corner. They paid him to be somebody that can that can shut down your best receiver. So it'll be interesting to see if he follows DK around or if he hangs out there on that left side and see, you know, whether it's Lockett or DK, whoever's in front of him. So I'm really interested to see what uh, Shaquille Griffith can bring. And on the same side, I mean, DK and Tyler, they've been going against this guy in practice for for years. So they they know how they can get in, you know, and figure things out on him. So it'll be an interesting matchup to watch on Sunday.
2: I'm sure during meetings, Shaq is a DK and Lockett expert and – DK and Lockett are a shag expert. You know how that goes. You're going to give each other tips. He likes to do this. He's not good at that. So more familiarity with these two teams, Daryl Bevel and Brian Scheinheimer versus Pete Carroll and Kid Norton. Now these guys called plays for the Seattle Seahawks. Brian Schottenheimer set records with his offense last year and got the boot. And Darrell Bevel was a part of the back-to-back Super Bowl run. So again, these guys are going to be in the meeting talking about personnel and talking about tendencies. Both of them know exactly what Pete wants to do to win football games. But on the flip side, Pete Carroll spends so much time with both both of these guys. They know their philosophy as well. Kid Nor, you can say the same thing. He's going to understand what Bevel and Shoddy want to do. He practiced against them. He shared coffee with them. I mean, it's familiarity going on in these two games. So it's all about who can exploit the deficiencies on each side of the ball and who just comes to play. Cause these are teams who really need a win right now. So I expect this to be a really scrappy game overall.
0: Oh, no question about it yet. Yeah, it's, it's we've, we talked about this a little bit when the Seahawks played the Rams the first time, when there's that level of familiarity, it's almost like how much do I rely on that stuff? Because the people are thinking, yeah. and then it's all that gamesmanship. It's like, well, they think I'm going to do this. So I should do that. And another guy's thinking, well, he thinks I'm going to do this. So I'm going to, you know, so there's a lot of gamesmanship. It'll be interesting to see. But I'm telling you what, man, no one will say it here. But I know, at least for Jacksonville, this game was circled. This game was yeah. circled on the calendar for, for Shadi, for Bev, for Shaquille. I know they all, um, everyone has mad love for each other in terms of the players and the staff. I think Sandre Law is down there. Carlos Hyde spent some time here. Philip Dorsett was here for a little bit, didn't play. Went to Jacksonville, now he's back on the squad. So there's a lot of different stuff going on. So it'll be fun to see all these matchups on Sunday, see how that impacts the game. But Bump, we really need this. We really need this. We need to figure out how we can win a football game this weekend. Path to victory.
1: At the 45, waits for the snap. Michael Dixon puts it down. That kick is away. And that kick is good! The Seahawks win! It's good! It's a path to
2: victory on Hawk Talk path to victory you just have to find a way to go one and oh that is what it is all about the Seahawks have lost three games in a row for the first time since 2011 in three consecutive home games for the first time since 1992 they were two and 14 that season let's not repeat that find a way be scrappy get her done come out ready one and oh
0: Yes, absolutely. And if you want to figure out how that uh, 1992 season went, uh, feel free to reach out to Ray Roberts and Paul Moyer and Dave Wyman. I can tell you all about how good that defense was. And and it was tough to score, definitely. So we want to avoid that, please. So let's get this offense going, though. Um, it's going to take all 11 guys to make that happen, man. I, I think it's top to bottom. We know how talented this roster is. Um, the offensive line can improve. Running backs can be better. Receivers can get open. Geno Smith can be better. So they just got to put it together. We continue to see bits and pieces of drives and really good things, and it's it's just not consistent. You know, 10 points is not going to cut it in this league. So we know they can do it. They just got to put it together. And just put Geno in a position to win, man. Put him in a position to win. This offense doesn't have talented guys between DK, Tyler, whoever's running the rock, whether it's Rashad, Collins. We've seen it from everybody. They just got to put it together.
2: Put Gino in a position to win to me means let him have the ball late in the game and not be driving to win it for once. Let him, hey, let's let's go down and, and kick a field goal and pad the stats, get the lead going. Put Gino in a good spot. Now, defensively, you have to get after Trevor Lawrence turnovers it's all about turnovers he's turned the ball over eight times eight interceptions this season and find a way to get it done by any means it's like you know my mom when i was young right i used to play on older teams and i'd be hanging out with older kids and she goes man whenever you're down you're getting beat up just fight dirty do whatever you gotta (laughs) do to win to win the fight that's what the hawks gotta do fight dirty within the rules obviously but they need to show a hunger that I feel like we haven't seen consistently this year, and if there's a time to do it, is now. Two and five, you got nothing to lose. Backs against the wall.
0: Absolutely, bump. I'm We're gonna be. It's gonna be a treat. Halloween. Super excited for that. Uh, reminder, guys, you can catch our podcasts everywhere. Seahawks.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. A lot of other good content on there. Seahawks Insiders, The Huddle, Hawks Live, Seahawks Stories, and Seahawks Rewind directly after each and every game. We are live on your radio airwave starting at 10 a.m. in Seattle, 11 a.m. on the Seahawks radio network as Michael Bumpus and the guys get you ready for kickoff. Bump, we really need this in the worst way. I'm really hoping the Seahawks can figure it out. Get a win going into the bye week. Hopefully Russell comes back, and we're talking about a great second-half season of the season for the
2: Seahawks. All right, time to bounce back, Seahawks. They are taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. That was your Week 8 Hawk Talk Preview. I'm Michael Bumpus. He is NASA Chobie. Talk to you guys soon.